Hello, friends. Welcome to Success for Whole Ass Humans. I'm your host, Shari Bellucci, success strategist and well being coach for entrepreneurs, creatives, artists, activists, and thought leaders. I'll be your guide as well as your companion along the journey to cultivating a life grounded in your version of success while navigating the ups and downs that come with living a life as a whole ass human. We're often all going through such similar experiences, and yet we still feel isolated in them. I've created this space because I know that there's power in having our experiences normalized and how deeply transformative it is to know that you are not alone. If you're going through an experience that's challenging or complex in your life or business, and your brain has hit a wall, I want this to be the space that helps you open up that dialogue and conversation with yourself so you can explore and look at things in a way that ultimately helps you feel better and lighter. Like all of my content, my intention is not to present a one-size-fits-all solution, but to offer you possibilities to help you move through the stuckness so you can truly embrace your identity as someone who gets to create wild success, whatever that means for you, while being a whole-ass human. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, y'all. I'm really excited to be with you today. We're going to be talking all about how to create content that resonates better with your audience and how you can do that by listening to your people so that you can create posts that actually resolve objections for you before you hop on your sales calls and things like that. If you are new to my world, I have been launching and helping nonprofits and small businesses launch for the last five years. Um, I've helped small business owners launch their one-to-one and group programs, and I've helped nonprofits raise money through fundraising campaigns. So I've really gotten a chance to see a lot of the behind the scenes of what's involved with having a successful launch. And so today is actually going to be a little bit more workshoppy and a little bit more actionable than usual. So the first thing I want to talk about is why it's important to listen to your people and how being able to write content that resolves their objections can be really useful. Because essentially, when you can write content that speaks to the objections of the people that you want to serve, that content can do the heavy lifting for you, right? Which means that um, it's almost like when you have a really good waiter and you go to a restaurant and right as you're getting low on bread or drink, they bring you a refill before you've ever asked. That's the kind of level of attention that you want to bring to your content. And so if your person has a question, you're essentially speaking to that question before they have to ask it themselves. Or on the other hand, like leaving them to think it for themselves and never be able to truly speak that question. So if you can write content that speaks to that, you're almost anticipating their need before they've ever vocalized it, which is really powerful in terms of building trust, in terms of making people feel understood and supported, which in my philosophy is like the cornerstone of sales, right? And I believe that the cornerstone of sustainable sales is trust. Not to say that you can't make a sale without trust, but when you're looking at making sustainable sales, right, which is what we want to do when we're building service-based businesses is have sales that lead to people wanting to work with us, having great experiences, wanting to renew with us and wanting to tell all the people that they know about how positive of an experience that they had. And so, you know, it's not just about making the sale in that moment, which is possible with some businesses, right? 
they might get you to pull that trigger, but you might either have regret after it, you might never use it, you might get on the other end and not have a positive experience. That's not what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about sustainable sales so you can create a sustainable business. And that is built on a foundation of trust. And the other thing that I think is really helpful when you can create content that resolves objections for your people is it takes a lot of the pressure away on sales calls both for you and the person. So it takes some of the pressure off of you because you've already addressed some of the most common questions or objections they might have. So you can have actually a more meaningful sales conversation and really get to their individual objection as opposed to having to go through all the really common objections. Or sometimes you might you might have already answered all of their questions. So they're actually a lot more ready to work with you on that sales call. So you'll get a higher quality or see a higher quality quality of like conversations and readiness in your people when you create content that resolves objections before they ever book that call with you. Does that make sense? So today I'm going to walk you guys through a three-step process for creating content that resolves objections. The first phase, we're going to identify the objections. The second phase, we're going to speak to the objections. And the third phase, we're going to um, talk about how to share those objections through your content right? So those three buckets, identify the objections, speak to them, and then share them through your content. So we'll dive deeper into each of those buckets. And that's where we'll get a little bit more actionable. But what I want to quickly add as some context around that is there's two ways of approaching this. And I'll speak throughout as we go through that three step process to both of these. So when you're thinking about how to apply this to your business, Depending on what you do and what industry you're in, the people that you're liking, that you enjoy serving, the people that work with you, your ideal client, however you want to phrase that, can either be someone who is like you, right, where you're a representative of your ideal client or a version of you maybe two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, you at one point were in the shoes of your ideal client. So in that case, I think of you as representing your ideal client. There's also cases where you don't represent your ideal client. And so depending on which of those is true for you, you're going to want to tackle objections slightly differently or do the research to identify objections a little bit differently. Does that make sense? So I would love to know, actually, for all of y'all tuning in, will you let me know which one is true for you? Are you your ideal client or a version of your ideal client? Or are you not representative of your ideal client at all? That would be really interesting to know. So for me and my business, I am actually not representative of my ideal client. So I work with people who are very much unlike me. Obviously, there's common values. There's a lot that we share. But like the clients that I work with don't typically have the knowledge and marketing experience that I have and hire me because they want to figure out this piece that hasn't come to them naturally or they don't have an experience background in, right? So my clients actually in in business are often like ahead of me. They've been in business longer. They might have served more people. But what they really haven't had a chance to solidify is like that system and process for marketing or even like deciding on a strategy that they're able to stick with and repeat that they know works. They might have tried, you know, a strategy one year, tried a different strategy another year, but are hitting this block of results. And so when they want to like either radically increase their income or radically increase their capacity or want to make a really big result, that's when they'll hire me because they need something different than what they've been doing. And so 
my business model is also a little bit different than some of my clients. I work with service-based businesses. So in that way, we're the same, but I actually work with a very small number of people at once and go deep in all ways. So I support my clients with strategy, with implementation, which has a done for you component and with mindset coaching. And my clients are usually one or the other. So either they're a coach and they support people with coaching or they're done for you and they support people with just services. And so because of that, they often have a capacity for more clients than I do. So my client, you know, I have clients at, at different ends of the spectrum, but they can typically serve like 50 and 20 people at once. And I definitely serve like only a handful of clients during a launch because of the depth of support. So all that to say that that your client may or may not be representative of you. And so it's good to know which camp you're falling into as we move through this process. So let's dive into number one about identifying objections. So if you are representative of your ideal client, then simple way to get started in terms of identifying their objections is to make a list of five to 10 sticking points or questions that could come up around hiring someone to help them with this challenge, right? And so if you can just think through the lens of like, what are some of the questions that you had? What are some of the the things that you wanted to know before you knew them? And just like brain dump a list, try and come up with five to 10. Um, The more, the better. Now, once you have those, what your next step is going to be is to create two to three posts, like social media posts or emails, whatever blog posts, whatever piece of content you want to do, but to create two to three posts for each of those objections. Okay. So for instance, if I am a business coach, right. And I basically learned how to build my business like on my own and went through trial and error and figured out the kinks. And now I'm a business coach who teaches other people how to do that faster without having to go through all that trial and error. I'm going to go back and think, okay, when I was starting my business, what were some of the questions that I had? some of the questions. And if someone were, if I was looking for help, like what are, what are the things that I would want to know? Right. So for a business coach, that might be, you know, what, how should I price my, how should I price my offers? Maybe that was a big question that you had when you got into business that a business coach could help with. Right. And so you might want to speak to like how, how you price your offers and think about like, okay, what is the objection that could come up for people around that? Is it, you know, worrying about people not being able to afford your offer, right? Feeling like your prices are too high. Is it, let's see, is it maybe the opposite? Is it worrying about wanting to charge a lot, but, or wanting, sorry, wanting to charge like more, but feeling like you can't fully step into that amount because it doesn't match the marketplace or, um, I'm trying to think of a, of a different industry. So I have a couple of clients in the health and wellness space. And so one of the objections is obviously like financially where healthcare is typically covered under insurance is like, okay, how am I going to make the payment piece work? Right. So just anticipating like all the possible objections, someone working with me might have an objection of like, I'm not ready to spend money on outsourcing or like, why would I spend money on outsourcing if I haven't made money yet? And I don't have, I'm not fully booked with clients, right? It might be, why would I hire you to help me instead of doing it all myself? It might be, I don't know if launching is the best method for me, or I don't even know what launching is like. So just try to anticipate those questions for your people. 
Now, if you are not your ideal client or you were once, but it's like been a while and it's really hard for you to go back mentally into identifying with that person. I would say like if you have served any clients before, whether that's like two or 200, look back at your discovery call questionnaires, intake forms, inquiry emails. If anybody has emailed you being interested in having a conversation, you could look at DMs um, and Instagram when people ask questions about working with you or your services. Look back at testimonials, reviews, gratitude messages when you're working with the client if they like messaged you on while working together and just said, thank you so much for helping me with X. Those are all really good resources that you can pull from if you have worked with clients before to identify those objections that they had or the questions and things that came up for them that they basically needed to know before saying yes to buying from you. It's really easy to go and be able to pull that information just by going back to resources and being able to zero in on like how people put those challenges and questions. If you have not worked with clients if you're newer to business, one of the things that I love to do is to just go into communities or listen to content where people share the challenge that you help them with and just take note of the frequently asked questions and write your own response to it, right? So this could be like a podcast that's really famous in your industry. So like if you're in business and marketing, Jenna Kutcher has a really popular podcast. You might go and see what are some of if they have like the Q episodes or if you're in like a Facebook group where there's a Q&A thread, like just kind of like be an observer and see what questions are coming up and then take that question that maybe someone else answered and write your own response with your truth and your approach. And that's a really good starting point if you haven't actually had experience with actual clients yet, but you know, like these are the kinds of people that you'd like to serve. It's a really easy shortcut to get in the head and in the practice of knowing what those people are thinking and being able to put your own spin and your own point of view on it. Once we've kind of identified the objections, whether you've had clients before or you haven't, whether you represent your ideal client or not, now we want to speak to the objections, right? And so I think it's most powerful when you can speak to an objection using the language that your people use to describe their problem or challenge. Y'all, my allergies are kind of going crazy today. I'm so sorry. I'm like sniffly and the allergies are real. So in terms of being able to reflect that language back to them, that's when it's really helpful to go back to those discovery call intake forms or questionnaires and be able to like pull out that exact language. Because when you're able to put it in their words, it just kind of adds that layer of feeling seen, heard and understood and really makes like it accelerates that trust process. Because it's really easy when we're in like further along into into our like service and being in the space that we're in every day, all day, is we pick up on some of the jargon and we forget that like the way that people articulate their problem is not the same way we do, right? This is super common for me. So often people that come to me do not think about like, oh, I really want a comprehensive marketing strategy or I want to launch. Like they're actually not thinking in terms of those language, which is how I would like frame what we actually do. What they're thinking typically actually is usually like some sort of random strategy. So like, hey, Shari, I want help fixing my sales funnel or hey, Shari, I want to work on this new opt-in or hey, Shari, I want to fix some Facebook ads. Like they're trying all these strategies and nothing's working. So they, their, their frame of mind is like, okay, how do I make this strategy better? And so often where I come in is I'm like, 
okay, what I see to be true for you is that you're trying to do all of these strategies, you're switching them constantly, and you haven't even built a foundation of really solid, like, content that speaks to your audience. And it's super clear about the result that you give that like, we want to take a step back and build that before we like put money on ads before we like do a whole email sequence or, you know what I'm saying? Like invest time and energy into the foundational work before we move forward. So often my work with clients actually starts with taking a step back, getting really clear on that value and then building out a strategy for them to get booked out that like they can actually stick to instead of feeling like, well, I need to post in this group and I need to post on Instagram and I need to be on LinkedIn and I also need to be on Pinterest. And I like, we really just get narrowed in on like, okay, what is their real goal? Is it, is it more of an evergreen product? Is it a one-to-one service? Is it a group program? Like what is the thing that they want to book out and what strategy makes the most sense? So we can go deeper on that strategy instead of going super wide. And so that means that when I'm creating content, I don't actually want to like necessarily be like, well, are you ready to like overhaul your marketing strategy and launch a program, (laughs) right? I actually want to speak to, okay, do you want to get booked out? Do you want to sell out your program? Do you want to make more money so that you're not worrying about getting a new client every month and having to go back to, you know, restart your whole marketing strategy every couple weeks because you're abandoning your strategy and not sure what's working and don't know how to get clients when you have spots available. You see how that's a little bit different. I'm actually speaking to what they want instead of how they'll get there. And then in your discovery call, in the deeper work is where you can get into like your process, right? So that they understand and are on board. But like in your content, you actually want to like make it clear that you understand what they're dealing with so that they bother and are interested in learning how you would get them there. So if you are new to business or you haven't had a ton of clients yet, or you're just testing out a new offer, I would say it can be super helpful just to brainstorm or ask for feedback if you're just not sure like what that language is. So if you are in any type of mastermind or you have a Facebook group where you can ask for support and do a little market research, I think that's super helpful. You can also just like directly go to your audience and ask them. So on Instagram, you can do a poll in your stories. You can write a post and ask people like if A or B sounds true for them. You can do the same thing on Facebook. Polls are super easy for people to interact with and just like vote on ABC. So I've done this with like my title before. I've done this with topics to cover in lives. I've done it with different things just to get understanding like what people are going to find most relevant. And it works for you double time, right? One, you're getting the answer to your question. But two, you're also getting people engaging with you on the platform, which just works better for the algorithm and makes sure that people actually are seeing your posts. And so it, it really just like works for you on multiple levels. So I highly encourage if you're new or you're creating a new offer and you're just not quite sure you're wrestling between a couple of different ways of putting it, even if you're trying to create like an opt-in topic, just go ahead directly to your audience and get some feedback and see what lands and then go from there. It's also totally fine if you're like experimenting and playing with it at the beginning and trying a couple of different ways of articulating it. And then you can go see what's resonating. What are people commenting on? What are people sending you private messages about after saying like, oh, that really spoke to me. It felt like you, you know, you basically like really called me out. And that's exactly what I'm struggling with. So you might have to play with it a little bit at the beginning. But once you find that thing that works, then you can just repeat it 29 different ways. And then so you want to speak to the objection in their language. And we just talked about a couple different ways to zero in on that language. And then the other thing that I wanted to say was like, in terms of like, 
post structure, so to speak, or framework, you want to talk about the stuck point pretty fully first before you move into addressing it. So the way that I think about it is you want to walk out the objection as much as possible so that people are drawn in and can really feel like you understand them. So, so you might say, if you're feeling X, Y, Z, this is the thought that you're having. This is like the thing that you're doing every day. This is like the way that it feels to be in this space. Just make sure you spend a little bit of time, like a couple of lines of your post really going into it instead of just like kind of glossing over and be like, if you're feeling frustrated today, I can help you out type of thing. (laughs) You know, like, I think I did a post last week that actually spoke to this. I know I have one coming out next week. I'm doing free strategy sessions and I have four or five like little lines where I'm like, are you feeling frustrated because you're trying all these strategies and they're not working? Are you also feeling like there's a hundred people on the internet doing what you're doing very successfully and are fully booked and you're not sure like what the missing piece is for you? Like I go into a lot of those things so that like people know that like I get what they're going through and I understand the problem that they're having and here's how I can help them and serve them in overcoming that. Does that make sense? So I'm, I just want to point out that it's super useful to make sure that you elaborate a little bit on that objection and then go into addressing it. And the way that you can address it is, you know, it's really going to depend on, on your service and like your approach. You could offer a reframe, like a different way of thinking about it, a perspective shift. You could offer like a piece of evidence that kind of like acts as a counter argument to that. So, so for me, for instance, if I were to talk about like the doing it yourself versus, you know, doing it with someone, I could say, you know, I totally get when you're just starting out in your business, you don't want to spend a lot of upfront cash before you've had a client. But when you work with someone, you actually get extra hands on your business so that you can move faster. So like a course launch or creating a course or group program that would normally take you six months can actually take you three because you have someone there to like literally put time and energy into the same project while you also manage all the other pieces of your business. Right. And so like, Just offering that like, yes, you're spending money, but you're also like saving time. And so you're able to make money faster, right? I mean, if you're taking six months to do something, that's three extra months versus the three months to do something where you're not able to spend that time on other things, right? And that could be like time spent with client booking additional clients that could be time spent working on another offer that's going to generate more money. It could be creating, you know, content that is going to add to your funnel or grow your list. Like there's all these different options of what we can do with our time. So that might be one way that like I speak to having another another way of thinking about it, right? If I wanted to provide a different piece of evidence, what I would do is I'd say, yes, totally makes sense that like if you invest $13,000 with me, that feels like a lot of money that you don't have yet because you haven't gotten fully booked clients. But if you invest this with me, if we're able to fully book out your program, right? Let's say your, your one-to-one program is $1,500, right? And you have 20 spaces available. If we book you out, will you be able to make that money back? 
Well, you have profit left over. And then if you're able to do that two, three times a year, like what does that look like, right? So that's a new piece of evidence that I can provide. And I think it makes it an easier frame for people to understand like, yes, you're investing 13,000, but if you're investing 13,000 and then going back and making 40,000, is that worth it? Is that more than you would have made if you had gone through three months by yourself, continuing to do the strategy that you were doing? And is it worth it from both a like monetary perspective, but also time and energy, right? It can be really draining to be working a strategy that feels like it's not getting you results. And then to be in business and not be making money can feel really discouraging. It can feel really stressful. It can feel it can feel like you just want to burn it all down. (laughs) So I think there's a lot of things to speak to there. So those are just a couple ways that you can address the objection is you can either reframe it with some sort of perspective shift, or you can offer a piece of evidence that can address that. And then the third piece of that post, right? So you're going to fully walk out the objection. You're going to address it with a reframe or a new piece of evidence, and then you're going to invite them into some sort of next action. That could either be like an engagement-based reflection question to play with at the end of that, or it can be like an offer or a resource. So you might have an opt-in that's related, something that they can download for free. You might have a free session. You might have a paid offer program. So you can invite them into some sort of action, whether that is working with you in some sort of capacity or whether that's just inviting them to like think through the question and really do some sort of takeaway. And that way you're really like helping give them a clear next step. So you're like, here, I hear what you're going through. Here's what I understand to be true about what you're experiencing. Here's what my clients experience. Here's another way of looking at it or a piece of evidence to think about and consider. And here's how I can help you take the next step in solving this problem, either by inviting you to reflect and do some internal work or whether this is, you know, action steps or a a way that you can work with me and go deeper on this problem. Does that make sense? So when we're speaking to objections, we just want to speak to those different levels. And then the last bucket in terms of creating content that does speak to objections and resolve some for your people, if you want to share it, right? So we identified the objection, we've spoken to the objection, and now we want to share the objection resolving content. So I think that it's really important to share this kind of content in both your values-based and your like promotional sales-based content. So I would really invite you to make sure that you're weaving them into both. I think it's really powerful to speak to this on a regular basis. In terms of frequency, I think it can really vary based on, you know, your capacity, how much you're looking to sell, what what your particular service is. But I would say at least weekly, making sure that you share a piece of content that's objection resolving. If you're a launch way more. Like when we're in a launch, we're doing this like every other day. We're creating some sort of objection resolving content to help move people through the launch even faster and to move people onto sales calls faster. So if you're not a launch, try to commit at least weekly. If you are in a launch, this should be like your full-time job is how do I think through the questions that are coming up for people, the sticking points that they might have and hesitations they might have into stepping into my offer Or yeah, and I mean, you can get super creative with this, right? It doesn't all have to be like written content. It can be videos, it can be lives, it can be reels, it can be stories, it can like, it can look any which way that you want it to and whatever feels best for you and easiest for you to create. But you want to make sure that you're like head on addressing, are you, 
worried about joining me for this call because you're worried that you're not ready to buy. Are you wondering how the heck you're going to pay for this because this is not covered by insurance? Are you wondering why we should take a holistic approach here? Like really just calling that out and then laying, laying out all the feelings and thoughts and actions that they're taking because of this hesitation is just so powerful in being able to build that trust factor, which is what ultimately leads to more sustainable sales. I really believe that if we can create businesses that are both financially and emotionally sustainable, that we'll be able to have better lives, right? Because if you've created a business and it's not financially sustainable, it's going to be really hard to feel emotionally safe in that business and you're going to want to burn it down. So the whole purpose for us to create businesses that we're working for ourselves, we're doing the service that we love is so that we can have better lives. And I believe that we can get there faster if we're feeling really emotionally and financially safe in our businesses. Thank you for listening to Success for Whole Ass Humans. If you enjoyed this episode or have found this podcast valuable in your business journey, please leave us a review so that more people can find us and we can keep spreading the message that we get to be whole ass humans and create wild success. If you want to connect with me more, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Shari Bellucci, and I will see you all next time.